0: For those with Drive, the Standard Age podcast is a conversation about the lives of entrepreneurs and those who've been instrumental in growing companies. It's hard to believe this episode kicks off season four, and today's guest is Damon Jones. Damon worked as an engineer for the likes of Aston Martin and McLaren, and then as many of you may know, he served as the vice president of operations for Singer Vehicle Design. Needless to say, his resume is impressive, but there's more. He recently worked with Gunther Works while launching his own company engineered by Damon. Though there is a significant amount of car talk to this episode, to simply label Damon a car guy would be a massive understatement. His interests go far beyond four wheels. He has a healthy attraction to mid-century architecture, photography, and well, all things beautiful for that matter. There's a lot in this one. We talk about the importance of story as it relates to products as well as a deep dive on his Insta-famous Porsche GT4. We discuss his exclusive Lego kit called Project Black Brick, one of the many extensions of his business, what he feels was his biggest risk to date, one purpose-driven trip to a tanning bed, and Damon even shares a story of how Lewis Hamilton missed out on getting a McLaren F1 for free. It's a fun one for sure. I'm your host, Wesley Smith, and you're listening to The Standard Age Podcast. Well, Damon, I really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, no worries. You know, what's funny. I was uh, looking through um, my photos yesterday, and I was trying to think of when it was that we had coffee at Intelligentsia.
1: That time it was a year ago,
0: thirteen months ago. What? It was October seventh, two thousand nineteen. And this isn't to make you feel bad, yeah, yeah. it's or, or to make <laughs> me feel bad, but it's just kind of like you and I have been talking about doing this podcast <laughs> in excess of that thirteen months. Yeah, so I'm super excited that <laughs> we're finally. By the recording, uh, the longest standing uh, person that's taken for sure. That yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been the the longest. Um, Lead time, I yeah. guess, is the best way. to us <laughs> well, how fun. we live
1: it up to expectation then. I don't no,
0: it's all good. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think there's probably... I mean, there was a lot to tell you then, of course. I think I sent you a big long list. Yeah. But now there seems to be three times that. So right. it's probably going to be more exciting. So
0: yesterday I had, um, I had all my list of questions already in my notes app on my phone, which is what I always use for these yes. things. And then I had the first list that you sent me, I think in an email. 13 months ago. And then roughly and then I had a, a subsequent email that you sent me last week yes and so I went and opened up a page on my web or on my computer and compiled all three in different columns right. and then just cross-reference what was overlapping <laughs> <laughs> so I'm all I'm all good now I'm so, like completely squared away <laughs> <laughs> I've, I don't I haven't had you know prep like this Um, but it's awesome okay. I don't know if you've heard my podcast and if not yeah no worries, but did, yeah where did you grow up?
1: So I grew up, obviously, you can probably tell my voice, I'm English. I was born in a place called Burton-upon-Trent, which I don't expect to know where that was. In the middle of the countryside. I was going to say, it's,
0: it must be in the middle.
1: Yeah, it's in the middle of the countryside. Um, and then we moved to a place called Litchfield, which also I don't expect to know. I've heard Maybe of you Litchfield, do. yeah. I yeah. think I've been there, actually. And I'm kind of, um, you know, I'm a West Midlands guy, so I'm kind of in the middle of England. That's where I've spent majority of my life. Um, you know, I lived in... Um, England, i say the majority, and obviously moved to Los Angeles in 2016. Okay. And obviously been here ever since. Um, but yeah, kind of, um, yeah, Burton-upon-Trent was a small place. Um, I lived there. My parents, um, my, my father wasn't from Burton-upon-Trent. Um, my mom was. Okay. And, um, and now obviously I ended up being born by where my mom was. And then we kind of made our way back towards where my dad was born. Okay. and ended up really in, in, in kind of, I mean, I ended up in Birmingham City Center when I first, bought well, the second house I bought was an apartment, actually, in Birmingham City Center, which really is slap bang in the middle of England. Right. And that's where I went to school, um, and then I kind of moved out a little bit um, when I started working for Aston Martin. Um, that's a Leamington area, Gaydon. What,
0: what did your dad do for work?
1: He was, um, he, he, he started life as really like a toolmaker, um, and then made his way through to being chief engineer and, and really was a, a powertrain, transmission kind of guy. So and in the automotive industry. Yeah, he's a yeah. mechanical engineer. And, I mean, I did, did work experience back in the day at MG Rover, which I'm sure you remember. And um, I said to my dad and vowed to my dad, thank you for my ha- your help, but I don't want to be a mechanical engineer. I don't want to follow my dad through the same industry. Right. So, and, and I mean, I can talk to you about the, the story I've been telling, which is maybe a good segue into the lego was that um i used to take things apart all the time when i was right. a child and my dad got very upset you know i'd take apart a old family heirloom clocks and just oh, no. i was too young to put them back together you know it's easy to take something apart and i just leave them in pieces and he bought <laughs> me this huge um like robot remote controlled robot once like a dot like it almost looked like a, a transformer but Borderline, like a dinosaur. Right. Really strange thing, huge. And I built the whole thing and I built it pretty well. It was instructions. And then I took it all apart again because I wanted to build it again. And I took apart, not because there were sub assemblies in this box. I started taking the sub assemblies apart. Of course, they weren't in the instructions. I couldn't, it never went back together. Right. So I was like, oh, my dad was like, oh my God. But then I started to get better and better. Practice makes perfect. And I, um, the story I told recently was that people asked me why I did this Lego car. And it's kind of full circle for me. You know, I build cars now that I have been for 20 years and I used to build toy cars and, um, like the model kits. Yeah. Like I used to do a lot of Lego. I used to like do things like paint, 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 small toy cars, like matchbox toys, sure. hot wheels I used to paint them how I would want them to look, not how I bought, you know, my parents had bought them. And, uh, my mom had a visitor and um i can't remember who it was but she came in and said uh who built who-, who built this and it was a lego village pretty much and my mum said all the the doors were all evenly placed the chimney was everything was where it was meant to be and my mum pointed and he did and uh and and the lady was like how old is he and she was like i wasn't even three at the time and she was like that's the work of an eight-year-old
0: wow. and,
1: and and i was like and so my mum even said to me the other day she said I, and now i realize just how good that was now and, and, um, and then I started putting things back together then. So, yeah, we, we went back to the clock that I took apart when I was young and that what put back together. And I started to realize I enjoyed building things right. and the process and the sequence of doing it in the right way. And there was things where I used to build things how the instructions told me. And I'd be like, why did they do it that way? And start finding quicker ways and more efficient ways to build
0: it. See, I was always the one that would build it the way they told me to then I would take it apart and yes. build it my way
1: exactly yeah that's it so we were very similar like that Yeah. so I, be, I became so then that you know that was me wanting to be a manufacturer um, and, and really then the you know to cut the story short you know I moved my way through to then one, I mean I wanted to be a lawyer at one point Interesting. Um, I, and I probably did an interview recently about it, and said that um, you know I was. It was a time when O.J. Simpson case was on the on, on you know it was on the TV. Right. Um, you know everyone was watching it, but I was also doing some work experience in some law courts from in Birmingham where I lived. It was a, a murder murder case, unfortunately, and I, I, I was like sort of mesmerised by the process of uh, you know um, watching defendant sort of give his evidence and everything else and i was like i really want to be a lawyer but i'm a very impatient person and i was like my, i talked to my dad about it and i said right i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna become a lawyer and he's like are you sure and he, he, he told me just how long it would take me and i think he was worried about how expensive it was to
0: right to, right, yeah. to get qualified There's a couple of factors yeah there.
1: and i was like you know let's forget it i, I haven't got the patience let's, let, let's start building some stuff and obviously started building cars then and, and, yeah. and really where we are now. But to, ter- to explain with the Lego, um, the other story was that I, I, d- I wrote a poem when I was very young and- Yeah, I was gonna ask you about that. Yeah, and and my mom still has the the story, which I really wanna get hold of. The, the We had to write a poem at school about what, if, if kind of if money was no object, what would we pick? And I, and I just drew, wrote a poem about a black 911. And, 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 and my mum's got it and I, and I want to read out what the poem was and, and funny enough it was Matchbox yeah, I, I mentioned Matchbox in the poem but, but then, then weirdly like what eight years old you know now I'm in the 40s and I'd bought a, night, a black 911 when I moved to Los Angeles, but to now build the Lego, it all kind of pulls a story it's all together. circle. Do
0: you know what I mean? Has and your mom seen the photo she's, of the Lego?
1: Yeah, she said she loves it. She was like, <clears throat> oh my God, they That's were like, brilliant. so they were being part of the stories. So they they really understand it. But but I think going on to the bit about the story, you know, I've been telling quotes in this 20% product, 80% story quite a lot recently, You know, I really, really strongly believe in this. And that the, Buying a, piece, a, a kit of Lego from a shop, walking in and buying the box and, and taking it home, is, is fine and I've enjoyed doing that myself. But I've tried to explain the story here and, and I think building this piece of Lego, you're kind of building the car in, and remembering all the reasons why I'm building it. And you're not only gonna enjoy building it, but it's like, you can, you kind of like, I can't explain it, but it, it, it kind of feels that I've delivered something that that's all about my life from when i was sure. small so yeah. so yeah
0: i you know i i've often joked that i don't have the money for my dream garage but i have it in lego exactly <laughs> so exactly. i can build them and yeah. appreciate the look yes to a certain level you obviously you're a fan of the day tomaso as well yeah as a child
1: so that that's a good story um the first car that we all had we all had pictures we put on our wall yeah. that we we kind of dream like a dream board almost sure. like i oh, want a ferrari i mean the ferrari 40 of course was on mine and, and i'm a, i'm a bit older than you so kind of i mean i know you probably still appreciate some of my cars but the testarossa the the ferrari 40 the countach ended up on there of course um but the very first one was this Di Tommaso um pantera GTA, gt5 sorry and and the reason why uh, it was so important to me was my father used to buy um, magazines and, right. and he used to buy all the magazines um, and read them um, after he'd been to the grocery store and I was you get tiny at the time and he used to have to be made to go to bed uh, before it was even dark and, and then my dad would hand me down his old magazines and he he used to you know, be coffee stains on the mall and all sorts and but i was obsessed because it was like my dad been kind of introduced me to this i didn't really see that many cars like that when i was that age you know you know, there wasn't ferrari 40s driving past me you saw him in magazines in those days there was no internet i mean God, i used to go to the car shows and that was you know the, the the big shows and that would be where i would see like all the manufacturers and uh and yeah so so this this deta that ended up on my wall a black one black and gold it was i've still got the the magazine and uh, that ended up pulled it out. I remember the two holes where the staples used to be. Yeah, exactly. and it was in like, the binding. Yeah, and it yeah. was on my wall, and I used to look at it every night when I was sleeping. And I used to have these curtains that were cut, weren't very thick, so I used to be able to kind of read and see things until it was really dark. And I used to just stare at this car all the time. And when you look at a DTMAR, they're not the most expensive. I mean, they're not cheap, but they're not the most expensive of cars. Yeah, you know, they're attainable, and and it kind of whenever I see one, it just makes me go a bit wobbly at the knees. Do you think you'll ever own one? I want to, yeah. I was talking to someone the other day about it. I was like, I think I kind of need to buy one because it, it's so important to me. And then the story moves forward as well. That Imagine being at that age, obsessed with this car that right. I'd probably never going to own or ne- at the time I th- thought that. I didn't even know what I wanted to do for a living. And, you know, I was eight years old or whatever. And, and then I ended up, when I was working for MG Rover, uh, we were developing the MG SVR um, supercar and spent some time at Di Tommaso. So, you know, having a coffee as a you know, spotty engineer in Di Tommaso, given where we'd come from, right. again, another full circle story. Yeah. And now, now I hear this week that uh, Di Tommaso are gonna build their new car in, um, in America. No kidding. So, you know, maybe, maybe there's a, a part. Right down of, the street. Maybe there could be a, a conclusion to this story. Yeah. Well, maybe.
0: Oh man, that's incredible. Now, were you into sport at all? Still? Yeah,
1: I was pretty pretty good footballer apparently. Yeah, uh, yeah I used to. Uh, when I say football, soccer. Right, of course. Yeah, not American football. I still don't understand the rules, but um, but uh, but I watch <laughs> it. And then and then uh, yes, yeah, so soccer. I I um I was a I was a good footballer. My dad really wanted me to be a Premier League football player. Of course. What position did you play? So I started. I played most places. I never played in goal. I started as right back. I was a tiny like, I was a very late developer. Like, you know, everyone had a beard when they were like fourteen and <laughs> I think I got my probably first hair under my arm when I was like seventeen or something. Oh, really? you know, I was a real late developer. I was um, the same way. But I think in a good way, I think this means we're gonna be greyer later and older later. Well, I don't know, I, I don't I'm know. married now, so <laughs> yeah. it's it's starting got to got creep a few, in. You got a few <laughs> 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 And so so um yeah, so like, where were we going?
0: Your soccer position
1: <laughs> So so we were so I was right back, which was you know, right back at the back in defence on the right hand side. Yeah. And as I got stronger and, and grew older and, and, and started training even more and more and, and just growing really, right. I started getting faster and started being a bit more, you know, um, in a defensive way I could you know I was getting knocked off the ball when I was younger right. so I started getting stronger and, and then I started realising that I gained a bit more speed because so I was a good athlete at the time I was running for a, a, a running club and, and, and actually trying to choose do I do football or running now I'm kind of good at both of them but they started to help each other and complement each other so um, then I moved to midfield on the right hand side again but then I ended up in, in, uh, in the front in, in attack at, in the end and you know, scored the odd goal here and there. So oh, it, cool. I really enjoy. I mean, I'm a big football fan. And what was
0: uh, what was your very first job? Very first job, like
1: ever. <laughs> ever, I worked in a, um, a golf club. No kidding. Yeah, no one knows. Were this. you like cleaning yes. clubs? No, I wasn't cleaning. I was cleaning dishes. You were cleaning dishes. Oh, yeah. so you were in the restaurant? I was in the, the restaurant. The country club. Yeah, but I got to. I was in a golf club world. Started seeing a few nice cars pulling up. You know. No, what how and, old were you? God. Um, Probably, I mean, how how young can you work there? I can't remember now. Maybe sixteen.
0: Yeah, I was 15. 15 16. Job. I wasn't
1: getting paid very much. I was right. cleaning some horrible dishes. But it was like, uh, yeah, it was a lot of it, it was a lot of work for very little money. Yeah. But it was a an entry into work life, I guess. And then I ended up working for a grocery store as a porter, which was a hell of a lot of fun. Wow. I mean, we had a blast at that place. Why? You know? Were you
0: just like bumping music in the back? Oh, what? yeah.
1: I mean, they, they, they always said, you know, the pretty ones, like all the pretty cashiers would end up on the front desk, of course, because it was uh, the aesthetics of the shop. Sure. All the, you know, the ugly guys and everyone like me would be out the back and we'd be like in the cold. But we'd be together. It was the lads. We would take unloading trucks. You know the music was on. It's kind of like yeah, it was a law unto ourselves. We were. You'd be there till two o'clock in the morning, having a laugh. I mean, we were working.
0: So, were you stocking shelves as well? Yeah. Um,
1: so we were we were unloading trucks, um, and then and then basic, basically splitting the the whatever we took off the truck into these pallets that then would go onto the shop floor. So if you were a lady on aisle thirteen, you know, putting all the cooking stuff on, she, you didn't want to start finding baked beans and right. and you know bottles of coke on there, you wanted to. You, you know, find what you needed. So we were to split it up, which is quite interesting because, again, it takes you a little bit further forward to when I'm in the car world of, of picking parts.
0: Well, I was thinking the detail-oriented... Yeah, because like you were obviously meticulous as a yes, child. Yeah, that's right. So then you were probably excellent at yeah. stocking shelves.
1: So so it, it was like yeah. it, everything you did, you took something away from it. Yeah. So I was telling you there was bits that I didn't like. I didn't like cleaning dishes, but there right. was obviously something I learned in that place. Yeah, working as a porter, I learned things there as well. So you do pick something up from everywhere, and then you you kind of try and take the best bits from everywhere you work. And if you can do that and create what maybe your own company at the very end of it ground up the right way then that that's really the name of the game
0: yeah for sure so what did you study in university study university
1: in manufacturing engineering
0: okay so you weren't mechanical because your dad was mechanical my dad
1: mechanical um so what's the difference there so mechanical, I mean, my dad was, my dad was the mechanical engineer in that he, I mean, good example of my dad that talked about being a power trainer, transmission guy. So he's the mechanics of making a transmission work, all the internals of making that, the highly complex job of doing that. Now I enjoy that, but at the same time, at some point then when all those parts arrive and someone's done a hell of a lot of work to make all that happen, someone then has to put all those parts together. And they will have to package together and they'll have to be built in the right sequence and that they can they need to be serviceable. So they've been taken apart and put back together because we don't want expensive service bills at the end. So so I kind of, that's a really, really basic way of explaining kind of the But difference. again, it
0: defaults to the process. It does. In quotes.
1: Yeah, and, and people, everyone will always want to ramp up production. And this is why, you know, if someone delivers you a product, then can you ramp it up? So when I joined McLaren in the very early days, um, in to, uh, when did I join there? 2011 2011, empty factory, started, we are building the 12C at the time um, we were kind of almost delivered a product to say you're gonna build that mm-hmm. now we changed how we did things as of the time I was there, I was there for six years um, And the time I was there, we started to involve ourselves a lot earlier in the process. So if I'm a manufacturer and I'm going to write a process and a build sequence and a tech on the line is going to build this car at some point. We need to be involved earlier in the process because to be handed a product, how do we know it's going to work? And that's where you can't ramp up a car if it's not being designed properly. So it's designed for manufacture, designed for assembly. So, so th- this was a ter- real big turning point, and you know, something that is one thing I did take away from that company was that we have to be involved at the early stages. Most people are like, "Why do you need to be involved at concept phase?" Now, I don't need to be involved when someone's drawing with a pencil what a car looks like, but I do need to be there straight after that process to be able to say, "No, we we can't do that," or "If we are going to do that, it's going to cost this amount of time or x amount right. of hours to build it." So,
0: so it's really just the analytical aspect of building a puzzle yes. in what order.
1: Yeah, and and whether you like it or not, there is that there is a, a feeling of someone's drawn a car, and then they just hand it off to you. Right, and it needs to be, and and the world is getting better at this. The car world now about integrating everybody together to to realize that actually, designer, you're in it till the end.
0: How do you think that's improved? Like, so I think I just quite think literally how.
1: I mean, I, I mean, I can't talk for every company, but for sure. the ones that I'm involved in, I'm I'm very very uh, particular about making sure that happens, because uh, you know at the end it, it just makes life so much easier. Is there
0: an example you can share where like you've changed something to make it better? Like well, in t- I mean,
1: McLaren was the was an example where you know I kind of created uh, we, we didn't do virtual builds for example we didn't do we you know everything was conceptually designed on a screen then the parts were kind of to a degree were packaged together but we never really did a virtual build where we had production people in there and I you know I said right every part is modeled in CAD great and we're going to do a virtual build but let's bring in the the technicians Let's have a technician who leads each of those areas to see these parts going together. And it was always a, a struggle because they're meant to be on the shop floor overseeing the, the build. And I would be that one that was going to take them away from the build and leave a production line running without someone in charge. Whilst we sat in a dark room um, looking at a computer screen, watching how the new car in two years was going to be built.
0: So you're basically visualizing the process prior to actually doing it so if it's a golf swing you know like Jason Day yeah. an Australian yeah. golfer he always yeah. closes his eyes yes. before taking the shot yeah
1: I think I think that's the same with, I've heard that story with uh, football players yeah uh, when they when they take a penalty or, or a free kick or something they know where they want to put shaping the ball shaping the shot they don't even need to really know who's in front of the ball or where it they just need to kick it how did you get the job at McLaren how did that so, come about my job at McLaren so I was there working at Aston Martin at the
0: time um, it wasn't was was aston martin more of an internship type thing no no school, no was,
1: no so i was a senior so like a se- senior manufacturing engineer there um wow. part of everything really up to the v12 vantage oh, um, a that was my favorite one of my favorite and that was my last kind of last one really and i wasn't overly happy uh, the story goes someone at aston martin said to me you know wait wait where do you think you'll be in five years and i'm i, I answered hopefully not here. not here which is a really bad thing to say because as to mine when you see him i mean in are beautiful cars but for me it was like i kind of got to the end of my five or six years here and i've kind of learned and taken everything i can i don't feel like i'm growing anymore my my long showers which we'll talk about became shorter because i just wasn't wasn't motivated anymore i needed a bigger challenge do you think that was job related or company related a little bit of both i think um, job-related because I felt like I could do more and I felt a bit handcuffed, like, um, you know, straight-jacketed as in give me more. But it's kind of, it's always that hard one where I know what I can do and the people above you, they don't really know what you can do or maybe they think they know but they're not sure and they, they don't trust you because you're a young kid. If I give, if I blow it, don't give me it again, but I won't. And And so I felt, like I say, I just felt a little bit like, what am I doing here? And I and I think five years later, I think I still would have been doing the same job. And imagine five years on. So I was like, I'm, I'm at a point in time where I need to move somewhere. And and you know, to ha- who leaves Aston Martin? You know, been around forever. It's a safe job. I'm in my you know I'm in my twenties. I you know and now they're coming to F1 next year.
0: Exactly. You know. And, and you know, it's it's interesting you bring that up because I feel like more employees should be asking their employers, "Where will I be in five years?" Yes. You know, I never even thought to ask that question. I think more people should honestly be asking the company.
1: Yes. And I think, you know, that, that proved almost that not being too derogatory about that company, but you know, the fact that I wanted to leave suggests that they didn't do what to grow my, they didn't grow my career for me, you know, or help to. So, so then the opportunity arose where I was invited, which coincidentally was exactly the time where I was thinking about leaving. I was coincidentally invited to go and visit McLaren. And um, I was thinking, oh, uh, withheld number calls me. Like, right, I need to find somewhere Quiet. So there was, uh, I went and hid on the, the, we called it the battleship. It was a uh, little glass, you might see in some photos, like a glass building in the middle of the, the shop floor, where the, really if you're a manager, you can look at and kind of oversee the work and make sure everyone's doing what they're meant to be doing. And I went out there on the phone and and, uh, answered and they said, hey, it's uh, McLaren here. Would you be interested in coming for an interview? When can you visit? And I was like, God, I I don't really know much about McLaren, which is a really weird thing. When I tell this story, I find it hard to explain because people are like, how does Damon not know what McLaren was? Bear in mind, this was in 2011 um, when McLaren had done, like, you know, they'd done the, uh, obviously done the McLaren F1, but a while back. They got this new facility. Not really new. Everyone really knew about. They'd done the 722, um, McLaren, Mercedes. Um, you know the the SLR, and and, and then right. and it was like, right, well, what are they doing now then? And they're like, hey, we've just brought this new car out. It's the MP4-12C. And I remember uh, Jeremy Clarkson going, it sounds like a you know a photocopier or something. But I didn't really know much about it. And I was like, Aston Martin, really really well respected, successful company. And I'm learning, I had learned a lot there am I going to just join this company are they going to just go back to motor racing and that's it so I was like right I need to think about this and they're like when, when, when do you want me there then they're like can you come tonight and I was like what <laughs> like so, so, so I was obviously wearing my Aston Martin stuff at a polo shirt I'm all black they had those shoes I like that uniform yeah. and uh, and uh, I pulled out normally I went left home I went right hoping that no one would see me like where's Damon going and I drove all the way down there and when I got there for an interview I was like blown away by this building like yeah, it was it, it was incredible and I got there it was, that was a good start and I met um, who was eventually gonna be my next manager and uh, the lights all went out because it was like 6 p.m. or something the lights went out. And I was like, well, why have the lights gone out? Is there a power cut? They said, no, the lights always go out at six because they always like us. They don't like us to stay here too long. And at, you know, 5.30, most people leave and it's about saving electricity. So I thought, well, this is a really interesting way of looking at things. You know, the work-life balance, um, they're trying to look after the electricity bills, all this kind of stuff. So I had a good interview and it was kind of like, hey, we want to offer you a job. And and then I went back and t- I, I rang my parents on the way home and I was telling them going, I think I'm gonna be leaving like the Midlands and you guys and you know, gonna go into the big wild world and move to London. And obviously that was a, a great experience and I was in London for six years and, and moved to McLaren and really joined an empty factory. Um, it was a really big learning curve for me, um, you know, and have an opportunity for someone to believe in me that, you know, everything you've done at Aston, please create, build a team, you know, and I, I I promoted quite a few times there. I worked very, very hard. I was there for the growth, you know, that I left when the 720S, after the first 720S was bodied, um, which I was part of my team that it's did one that. one of my favorites, for sure. Yeah, and, and you know, the world, the P1 was there when I was there. So, so you know, I saw a lot of the growth of McLaren um, and, and learned a lot. Did you ever drive an, an F1? never driven an f1 i've been a passenger in one but if anyone wants to let me drive one i'm always open for that
0: yeah lewis hamilton has one right down the street i understand
1: <laughs> there's a funny story actually with uh there's the, there's actually a uh a mclaren f1 in 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 the uh showroom you know that on the sort of uh, the boulevard at mclaren and ron dennis uh signed the underneath like squiggled underneath a mirror and said to Lewis, I can't remember how, how many championships he'd won at the time, but when he was at McLaren, but Ron basically said, if you win this amount or one more, I will give you this car. And obviously he left before that.
0: So Interesting. Did you leave McLaren for Singer? Yeah. Is that what brought you here? Yeah, yeah. And you're close with Rob Dickinson, obviously. So did he, was he personally recruiting you? How did you, how did no, you end so up No, so this
1: is, a, this is an intr- a, a fun story to tell, actually. So I I was obviously working at McLaren. Um, I was spending quite a bit of time in Los Angeles at the time. You know, been a couple of times, got a f- quite a few friends here. Enjoyed it, of course. And, and someone once told me, I can't remember who said the quote, but it was like, if you're bored of London, you're bored of life. And I was like, I'm not really bored of London, but it's not that, big once you've done everything you need to do and and I kind of like I'm an explorer and I like ad, I like adventures and I kind of felt like London will always be there I'm English sure. I can always come back but LA seems so exciting you know I mean we have to remember I was an English kid that used to watch films you know in the heyday you know the the Arnold Schwarzenegger days you know last action here all these cool films I
0: still get goosebumps when I see the Hollywood sign That's it there you go It happened this morning Yeah right? so I saw so, it and I was just like it's just so crazy that that's real yes it just seems like it would be a set
1: yeah so can you imagine me like i'm not oh, yeah. i'm not american like watching also, these films thinking oh, no i'd love to be there so you know i came over here to, to hang out with one of my friends and then i he we were on the last day i was in a hotel around the pool and uh, you know i was pretty sad to be leaving to be honest to go back to to, uh, to england and back to mclaren and he was like well, why didn't you just move here and and you know, my American logistics wasn't the best in those days and I was like I'm thinking I could get a job at Tesla and bear in mind this was 2016 where you know he moved Tesla days. back four days yeah. it was kind of you know and my friend worked there and I was like yeah Tesla would work and he was like you know where Tesla is I was like California it's like Damon California is a huge place um, he goes that's a big commute and I, I, I went and looked on Google Maps and I was like oh my god yeah that, that's not gonna work so so I kind of um I kind of started thinking, oh, what, what could I do? And he was like, well, why don't you go to like uh, Singer? And I was like, Singer's English. Like, they're all English. You know, I was at um, Tower Hill Studios. I saw it at Goodwood. Um, I actually sat in one in, at this tower, stu- tower Hill Studios. And, um, you know, I loved it. But I never really thought anything of it because like at the time, you know, I'm in a new, I was in a new car world and I always liked classic cars. But I, obviously now, it's kind of all I like really. But, but, um, I didn't even think of it. Like, you know, you just speak to them all, they're all English. You just assume they're building these in England and I want to be in LA. So you
0: didn't even realize? I didn't that even era. realize. Oh, that's funny.
1: And then I Googled while I was around this pool and I was like, oh my God, Los Angeles. So I actually emailed them uh, the, from the, the, you know, the info email on, on the website sure. and I got a reply and it was um, the engineering manager and, uh, you know, great guy as well very very good at his job and he and he emailed me back so obviously you know he's doing a bit of plate spinning at the tyre he's like looking after the emails and, and and doing his own job and I you know good, good exchange with him and, and you know long story short we I ended up coming back out again but you know I didn't want McLaren to be suspicious. Why is Damon spending so much time in Los Angeles? Right. And there was nothing sinister on the, the ones before, but this time I'm like, oh my god! It's purpose. I'm going to a wedding <laughs> like this, so I booked some time off, went for a wedding, and I literally spent a week inside Singer, um, getting to grips with what, what what was going on there. You know, what? How did they need my help? Did they even need my help?
0: Right, because you're kind of pitching yourself. Yeah. Just because you want to live in LA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And, and, and you know, I was a, as you know from the from the poem when I was young, I was a huge a Porsche fan. Like, you yeah, yeah, know, to build Porsche, like, that we, this could be a dream job here. What
0: Porsche was it at that age? 930. That you that? <laughs> it was the 930. Yeah. Okay. Turbo. And,
1: yeah. And, and then, so I, you know, I spent a week in there. I literally spent a week inside a building. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to go back. You know it's pretty hot over here i'm gonna go back white as a sheet so i ended up going to this uh this uh sunbed shop and <laughs> it's a funny story this so i went in there there's this like really nice guy in there like i think he really nice as in he was i think he'd taken a little bit of a fancy to me in west hollywood right and i was like hey i need to get a bit of a tan pretty fast I'm flying back to England tomorrow and I need to look like I've been lying on the beach for a week right. and he's like well you, you know we have to be careful you know you don't want to go home looking like a lobster um, I would advise using this cream and he, he goes I can help you rub it in if you like I was like no you're okay I'll, I'll work it out and then he was like how many minutes do you want to do I was like, like what's the max and I think it was 40 I mean I've never done sunbeds and they're, they're, they're very you know, they're very bad things for you but this was desperate times so I went in there I did 14 minutes and oh, he, 14 but he told me to do eight so I was burnt to a crisp even with his magic cream and I went home but I looked like I'd be in the sun for a week so you know it's a bit sore but, but I kind of done that but but yeah went but sat down with them at the end of the week before I left and you know spent some time in the hotel pitching like a proposal and really really started to realize that the the there is a Although people don't realize that a brand new company building brand new cars, like Lego kit cars, I call them, versus a guy restoring a car and building it, although they're very different um, automotive industries, there's so much that can be taken from both sides. So, you know, one thing Singer does very, very well is they're um, they're extremely good with the customer and, you know, about the process. You know, the story I always tell is the BMW story when I moved here. Um, I wanted to buy a 911 and then realized that, you know, I was basically a, um, a person that would just pretty much was 16 years old again with no credit rating and couldn't buy anything. Right. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, I can't buy what I want then. And I, you know, so, so what do I buy? So I ended up using um, a, uh, the BMW Link because I owned a BMW in England at the time, an M4. And they allowed me to do like an expat rule where I could go and buy a car here. So I leased a car here, an i3, because it was a good way of building up my credit quickly. And uh, I remember going to BMW and,
0: was that when they were doing those 199 yeah. specials? Yeah. It was an absolute but I think yeah. mine was
1: $207. Yeah,
0: I was going to say it was like 200 bucks for an knife. And
1: I moved, and I went in and I literally bought this i3 and the lady was like, "Right, here's the keys, you can take it now." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> I'm in a higher, I think it was in a Volvo hire car. Yeah. And and uh, and I was like, "Hang in a minute, I've got a car outside." She was like, "Well, you need to take it now, you've bought it." And I was like, "Is that what happens here?" And it really does, doesn't it? People do take cars the day they buy them. Well, you know, pay for them later kind of thing. Right. And <laughs> I was like, and I was like, Um, I know I can't take this car now and she was like you have to and I was like and then the story was like I didn't have a US driving license at the time as well and she wouldn't she wouldn't let me drive it off the forecourt she said you have to go and find somebody to to drive it off the forecourt for me so I was like I was learning quick here so for me the BMW story she got my business we bought the i3 um, and then I never heard from her again and i was like what
0: like oh i see what you're saying and there was the customers there was something missed
1: there was something missing i can't really was right. in, in the you right. know like a spare wheel key or something and and i was like this is real bad but the thing i really enjoyed and we learned a lot from single was was that yeah you, know, you you become part of the family as a customer you you know you're there two or three years waiting for your car kind of thing and yeah you, know, you you're these people become friends with you and and this is that back to that it's about the story it's about the process and the journey. And, and that's where, that's one thing what then could be taken backwards in, into the new world of this Lego car, supercar build, where the, this is what can help the new car world. But from the other side and, and what I brought from my own personal experiences and, and career was, I wanted to layer in process that was making these new companies. I mean, we, oh yeah, we've been for a lot of training and these, there's a lot of resto mod companies out there today that haven't had the training we've had. They do a fantastic job, and I don't I don't even know how they do it because they're delivering some incredible cars with no training whatsoever. So credit to them. But then, what about if we were to just drip a couple of lashings of of uh, organisation into there without losing the the personality of the companies? Because you know when I when I was a Um, singer I liked the fact that there was people in there the artisans with the dreadlocks the tattoos and I was always one at McLaren where I'd been used to wearing the polo shirts that said McLaren on I was used to wearing the the PPE the steel toe cap shoes and we all looked the same we kind of didn't have a personality McLaren I wasn't allowed to wear my tattoos on show uh, you know, if you, if you walk around with tattoos, you get fired kind of thing. Really? So, so it was... And, you know, you weren't allowed long hair. You weren't allowed a beard, really. He did, you know, that kind of thing. It was a strange... I mean, things are changing now, thankfully. But Singer, it was like, hey, no, I like the fact that you can see each personality. And these are the guys building your car. And, you know, to name people, you know, Rod Emery, good friend of mine. He... I love how he does it. And we spoke about him a little bit earlier that I love... How everyone is is, is themselves, and they all, and you know, he gives he gives them all airtime on his Instagram, and they're all seem to be having fun and, and, and having a good time, but they're working, and, and I think that's very important about the, the, the environment that you're well, allowed. The passion, yeah. All shared. Well, imagine if I said to you this morning, right, you've got to go to work today, and you've got to wear this, and by the way, it's blue. Imagine making me wear something blue and I'd be like, no, it needs to be black like this. Yeah. And I and I and I kind of wouldn't feel comfortable to do a good day's job because I wouldn't feel comfortable in what I was wearing. So and I think that's something that should be really, really considered.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting, too, because or at least it's. um It kind of makes sense that Singer was that way as well, because I mean, the company was founded by an artist and musician. Yeah. So I could see how very easily that that sort of corporate culture was set very early on. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What was your typical day like there? Yeah, every day was
1: different it was great like you know that's it was the best. it was uh you couldn't you yeah you always you always had a plan i mean every day you know i'd have that shower in the morning and be like today i'm going to attack these 13 things that's what i'm going to do you get to the end of the day the 13 maybe 12 would still be on the list yeah. because you'd be putting out fires in, it, in it, or doing something else So it, it was always fun and very a lot of variation
0: yeah, yeah do you good. have a favorite build of theirs Mm. be it a co- like a color combination or anything like that
1: i always weirdly liked um do you see the one i posted the other day i posted uh the pistachio the the that commission i really really liked those like those colors green
0: with orange it
1: was kind of it was a pistachio color with like an orange uh yeah side stripes yeah it was a 3.8 as well which oh, wow. obviously everyone naturally you know kind of was magnetized to the four liter you know uh, but I yeah 3.8 is punchy I liked it
0: well the 38 how is that engine different than the 991 gt3 engine well the, that's a three8 yeah, yeah.
1: I mean the thing I think the way I always try to explain to a customer was that if you if you wanted to go you know high high speed and and you know the four litre was the car you know what I mean it was the big the big power car right whilst but how are you going to use your car and this was a big part of the the talking to the customer like if you're only going to be going down to like the coffee shop in the morning or dropping your wife off at the grocery store kind of thing and you're in you're in city slicking effectively you didn't really need the four litre you were never going to be able to put the power down anyway three eight was great but you know majority of people and I had this everywhere at work where people with money kind of do pick the big one on purpose because it's that traffic light thing isn't it you know you pull up in your car and then someone pulls up next to you with a, a bigger engine than yours and you're like you know you look down kind of thing and, and he drives off into the sunset ahead of you kind of thing so it's kind of like people like i don't really need a four liter but i'm gonna buy one anyway
0: and you were there how long three years and then you went to gunther right gunther works mm-hmm.
1: help them out um, so they were in a.
0: Was that more kind of streamlining? That was kind of um, the magic sauce from Damon.
1: Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. They were in a uh, the Vorsteiner facility, of course. And then they obviously uh, wanted to move into a bigger facility, sort of okay. productionize things. You know, they're getting custom, they're getting um, orders, and you know they wanted to kind of uh, you know streamline the process and whatever else. So I kind of offered to get involved um obviously move them into their new facility kind of started to lay them out and and now i hear that you know doing alright
0: so the position wasn't very different for you no, it was no just no. doing it for somebody else
1: yeah right. i mean the the good thing for me now is is that why i kind of documented that working for one company is great but i feel like you only you're only going to learn from that one company and the you know maybe the mistakes you make lessons learned from that one company sure now i kind of find myself in a situation and luckily because of working hard for majority of my working life and and the experience i've had i feel like now that i can almost weirdly cherry pick who i work for um you know Sometimes, you know, having your own company, it's hard because sometimes you may have to occasionally take a small job that maybe you don't want to take. It's like being an actor. Yeah, but you're happy to- do one for me,
0: one for them. You got
1: to, exactly, you got to pay the bills, you're happy to help, and let's be honest, you you take something from everything you do and you learn, and and it's nice to give back as well, and and I like helping people and helping companies. And now i have in a luxurious position about kind of choosing who I want to work for because I like what they're doing, I like their style, I like being associated with them. At the same time, I want to help these companies. And if I can help them and improve them, then we're both going to gain from the situation. Right. So it's exciting. And, and, and really it's the, the business development bits actually quite exciting. You know, rooting out someone you're interested in. Like, you know, I'm I am always on the news. Like I, I knew the, the new car companies that come in. You know, some I don't like, some I do like. And if I like them, I'm going to reach out to you. And sometimes they don't need my help, but sometimes they do. And, and, and it's, it's, it's fun, a fun process.
0: I'd like to take a minute to thank you for listening to the Standard H podcast. It's certainly been a lot of fun sharing each guest's story, even during the craziest of times over the last year. The good news is it's allowed me to further focus on some of the elements that make Standard H possible. I've done a ton of product development, some items for well over a year. If you'd like to support the podcast, the least expensive way is to simply rate and review the show on whatever platform you're on further you can visit standard-h.com where you can purchase the brand's apparel or directly support the podcast under the accessories tab i can't thank you guys enough for listening to the show and for all of your support especially through social media it's been so much fun interacting with you and all of the great feedback has been wonderful so thank you So many of you are into watches, whether you are just starting to collect them or if you're already in deep in discussing the extensive finishing of the movements. In fact, my most listened to episodes have been watch-related. For those of you interested in independent watch companies, Passion Fine Jewelry in Solana Beach, California might just have what you're looking for. Previous listeners may be familiar with owner Tim Jackson from episode one of the Standard Age podcast, He and his team are certainly a wealth of information while offering incredible customer service. Tim and his team are quite literally made up of family and friends, so I'm confident you'll feel very much a part of their community, even if it's your first visit. Of course, if California is out of reach, definitely visit passionfindjewelry.com for more information. Or visit Tim's blog, Independent In Time, for a deeper watch dive. Now let's get back to the show having driven both, right? Cause singer specializes in the nine, six, four body. Yeah. Kind of a best of, if mm-hmm. you will, you know, the best wheels, the best, this and that is kind of the Lego kit. Yeah. Gunther works as the nine, nine, three, right? So, Drivability. So they- I think you
1: can. Um, I always kind of. I always kind of joked about this because yeah, there's not not a lot of people that have driven both. Of course, I was
0: going to say, how do they drive? I don't know
1: quite know how many now. I mean, there's one. The one one customer has both, and I think the good way to answer this question um, is you can have both. They're very different cars. Sure. If you look at uh the way the singer is for me it's the i mean don't get me wrong it's not a slow car it's a very quick car and you know it's carbon fiber body most of it and it's light it's it, it looks gorgeous but it's one of those cars that when you around loads of them okay you become a bit complacent but when you see one on the street in the middle of nowhere like you know i saw one in i remember when i first moved here i saw the monaco commission in um in rodeo drive just sat there on its own and i was the people that were around it i was like gobsmacked and 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 yeah they're gorgeous looking cars but and it's a good you feel like you really are driving the car like the, the you know the, the feel the with the road and your connection with the road it's a it, it's a great car but it's also a car that you could drive down to rodeo and drop your you know go to dinner with your wife and 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 look the business whilst the other the other car i feel is more more track focused it's kind of like you know, it's vowed as like the the gt3 or the gt3 rs of the 993 world that never happened um you know you've seen probably seen the pictures recently of the uh the bigger wing on it you know they're going for times and you're going for performance and you know singer does perform but i feel like yeah i really do feel like they're, they're, diff- they're going after different markets right so singer's kind of more the fit and finish fit and finish they, you know it's classy yeah. elegant uh, and and, and it still performs whilst the other car you know it, it, i feel like it's a, a more of a performance you know fastest lap kind of car
0: you owned a gen 1 gt4 yeah yes what was so special about that car
1: i've still not driven the 718 um, gt4 which i really want to of course um And I, I, from what I've heard, it's a very good car. So the 981, so I need to drive them back to back almost again, just to see, to feel the differences. But the 981, the thing for me now, the young pretender is always the car. That I always like. So when I was at Aston Martin, you know, we got to drive them. Thankfully, all the cars, um, DB9s, you know, the the everything. DBS. And, or DBS, exactly. But everyone would be like, "Hey, what's your favourite car?" I'm like, "The Vantage." They're like, "What? It's the cheapest one." I was like,
0: "The eight cylinder."
1: Yeah, but I like well the the. Um, the thing I liked about the Vantage is I was there for both engines they brought out and, and, uh, and felt the difference between the two and the facelifts and everything else. But the thing about the Vantage was it was such a lovely sized car for really. And, and, and I kind of explained the Vantage to the DBS or the DB9 in the same way that I, I, I kind of explained the GT4 versus the 911.
0: It's you a know, link thing it, too. It,
1: it is, and the thing yeah. is, the GT4. Given how well balanced the car is, mm-hmm. and, and and the size and the shape of it, I, I actually was like, this car is a real contender. I can't tell you. I mean, if you know you've driven one or you've even sat in one, the this this the where you sit in the car ergonomically, like it's just so well designed. Like my hand on the gear and I'll be just all. I mean, I'm my size. It might be different for somebody else, but someone my size, just over six foot, it was such a good car. And I really, really enjoyed the drive. And I think to myself, I always said, when you drive a car, you can't drive a GT4 every day. I mean, some people do, but I wouldn't want so, to, yeah. especially in LA. Yeah. But when I used to get it in the weekend and drive to a cars and coffee, I couldn't wait. I mean, there used to be dirty black uh, tire tracks outside the hat <laughs> where I, I was been I miss this car. And I'd get in in the morning and i just go hell, you know, hell for leather to these cars and coffees and, and I just and I, I enjoyed it and I got back you know got home put the cover on it kind of thing and I was like can't wait till the following weekend right? and that's what I think is and you look at it when you turn around you know when you start I always say when you stop looking at your car when you turn around it means you're over it and yeah, you, that's you a really t- great t- t- market. tonight when you park your car tonight i guarantee you'll look i know you like your car yeah. i guarantee you'll look at it when you before you walk into the house so when when that stops then you know you're you're on to the next one
0: and i think that's really really interesting because i think that's also plays to the benefit of customization yes because when you can put your own personality yes. onto the build yes you're gonna look at the car. You're gonna look over your shoulder. Oh, you, in you, other words, you, cr- you created it far longer than you would have had it remain stock. One hundred percent. Because then you just you throw the keys back at the dealer every four years because you you're got the new model or whatever. That's really interesting. Mm. That, yeah, the day you stop. Yeah. Looking back, at but your that career.
1: was a fantastic car, and to the, you know, I even said the other day, God, I'd have another one probably. I really, I mean, I really like what I did to mine of the as Gen well. 1. Yeah, I really like what I did to it as well like you know
0: like you said i personalized it like it, i made it my own really so i'm going to interrupt you for two seconds because you did 10 different suspension sets no we went it. back and forward back and forward what were you hunting so so from it, it's kind of like um the
1: the stance is very important to, to me in cars and I, I think i showed you that picture of the the 964 earlier and everything even even cars in england like i always just the, the the most people don't notice, and I know you've got your car lowered, so you will understand this. But the most people won't even notice. So I'll, I'll I'll adjust something, but I wasn't just going after the visual looks. It's the performance of of, of how the car drives, and and you know, working for some of the companies, I'm we yeah you know, we we're, we're talking like fine-tuning here to the most people the normal people they wouldn't really notice but you'll get in a car and you'll think no it needs a little bit here a little bit there and i think that's just the the, the what i'm like the quest for perfection i guess
0: i think that intersection of aesthetic and performance yes like actual function yes is so important in a car yeah because so many people get hung up on the aesthetics we were talking offline earlier uh, we were talking yeah. about wheels yeah and 19 inch wheels on my car yes. make zero sense no. but everybody loves the look yeah on some of the forums but then you're bending a rim exactly i mean the, 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 the first and the, and the
1: thing was the gt4 i bought the gt4 to drive it like I, okay i i think it looked good on the bbs mm-hmm. and it, any it did in the, you know, the image if you just sat there for the rest of its life not moving it, it looked beautiful but i think I, I nailed it with the how it performed um and 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 how it looked as well and that yours car- was red yeah car, uh, Carmine red so
0: how did you go with red over black
1: so at the time i actually was thinking about buying um a box of spider at the time because i just couldn't find a gt4 anywhere and you know pretty much the same car without that's roof. like
0: the removable yes cloth but it's the so the
1: the first one i still like the gen one of those but yeah. the the gen two ones roof's a little bit easier to, to put back on um And I found one that was carmine red as well. But I was looking for a black box of Spider at the time. And and I just couldn't find one anywhere. They just, they come up, they always come up when you don't need them. And and, uh, and then I was searching, and I came up with this uh, carmine red one in San Diego, actually, at Porsche. So I emailed them immediately. And I was like, right, what's going on with this car? And they were like, yeah, it's available. It's just come in. The guy can't drive a manual. And I was like, what? So he literally had his so he ordered the car? He ordered the car. And Not he, knowing and, it's manual? And he ordered it very, very well. So he, you know, he, he had <laughs> oh a, Well, no, God. he knew it was a manual, but I think he probably thought he could get on with it. And right. and I don't think he liked it. And I was like, uh, well, as long as it's all right, he hasn't knackered it. Then. Right, right. But he'd done hardly any miles on it, and he just basically was over it straight away and never really got to even, even enjoy it for certain things. But he'd done it so well. You know, he got the, the carbon uh, bucket seats. He did the guards red um stitch alcantara everywhere which i love he did everything right with the spec and i never knew who he was but he probably specced some brilliant cars since yeah. and i think he bought a pdk and um swapped, chopped it in and then i was like wow i've got his car brand new it, it looks up gorgeous i'll take it and, and you know we took it and uh and then went to work on it that's great
0: wait weren't you sourcing a g-body the last time we talked mm,
1: so we were yeah it was white right yeah whatever happened, happened with that car well it never just never happened just didn't happen nah. no, that, those the, things happen i kind of think there's always you know, there's, they come they go and and then priorities change and sure yeah and it's white and it was white
0: <laughs> <laughs> what other cars are you into outside of porsche
1: so i kind of a variety is a spice to life. I've really, I mean, I've started um, liking strange things. Um, there's always a lot of, I say, the inspiration. There's always someone that you like or you follow, and then they, they you start seeing more We're and posting more
0: launches lately. Yeah, is that a Mister Enthusiast?
1: I, I mean, I okay, get Inspiration. A, yeah, I mean, he he he's got a lot to blame. I think he's <laughs> a, yeah. He keeps uh, encouraging me to uh, like color things and or, or do weird. you know yeah, Phil? Yeah, weird stuff. Yeah yeah and um so yeah so he he's yeah he partly his fault i guess but i i restarted um i say it's the story isn't it like and you go down one rabbit hole and you end up with something else so you'll you'll find a designer you'll start reading about a car that you like sure and then you'll realize oh he did that one as well and then you'll start investigating a bit more and i really get wrapped up in the story of how this car came about you know the inspiration of why it's got what it's got and 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 really been exploring a lot about cars you know I mean, kind of the Porsche world, the single world has probably put me in that in that environment, and I enjoy it a lot, and I, I love the love the brand and the cars. But but yeah, I I'll never say no to to something else. I mean, look at look at Magnus. You know, he's a Porsche guy, but it's he's, funny. I was he's just enjoy- thinking about him. He's getting to enjoy all sorts of brands these
0: days, and you know, you, you, why not? Yeah. Now, did you meet Magnus through? cars or did you know magnus through like social implications or like i can't because you guys I think, are pretty close yeah though.
1: i think if I, I asked in the story as well I don't, I don't think either of us can even remember but i remember what i do remember is i was at the quail and okay so pebble and, beach yeah and and you know 2016 maybe and so you're I, up there representing singers. Yeah, and, and I remember Alex from Sharkworks was with Magnus. Okay. And Alex introduced me to Magnus. But I can't remember if I'd spoken to him before, or maybe I hadn't. But I remember seeing him at, um, at Cars and Coffee. So I'd have to go back for my photos, but I think actually I, I met him um, at Woodland Hills at, at Cars and Coffee before the quiet. I think, but I can't be sure. Sure. And uh, met him. And yeah, we both had a beard, and his beard was longer than mine, of course, <laughs> and still is. And then, and then, um, and then, I got introduced to him again at the, I think, at the Quail, at Quail. and kind of, uh, yeah, good, good friends now.
0: So you've got a pretty robust social media following, I would say. It's it's back now. Yeah, you finally. Yeah, you lost your page. Yeah. Did you ever figure out why that was?
1: Yeah. So I woke up one morning. I haven't told this story actually to, uh, publicly. So I woke up one morning. And uh, it just said, you will be logged out. Please enter your details. And I was like, what the hell? I mean, I was half asleep, I had one eye open. And I was like, what? So I, I typed my, you know, without even thinking about it, all the implications of filling it out, I, I typed uh, my name, my username, and my email, and I got logged out. And I never got an email.
0: So you, you basically l- logged in to log out. Logged in to log out, <laughs> basically, yeah.
1: And then the worst thing was they were like, well, that's not one of our protocols. We wouldn't ask you to do that. So I started worrying that maybe I'd been hacked. Right. And there's been a few accounts that I've, I know that have been hacked recently, but no one had reached out to me for requesting some money for uh, my password or, you know, we delete your account or whatever. So I wasn't sure if I'd been hacked or there was, you know, something else. So I just didn't know what happened, and that's the worst thing, because how can you fix something when you don't know what you did wrong? Or did you even do anything wrong? So three weeks passed, I was sending like three emails a day, every day, uh, to try and say, hey, I've lost my account, report a problem. And remember, you can't report from your own account, because you haven't got an account anymore. So I'm reporting from my other accounts, but also going online and just putting in a, you know, just a generic, I've got a problem nothing happened and then I got one reply saying hey you managed to get the right person that day can you please send a photo of yourself uh, with your your name your username and I think maybe your date of birth just to kind of prove your identity right because you know.
0: anybody could have hacked your email and be yeah
1: you know and then you know uh, Ellen was taking loads of pictures of me and I wasn't happy with any of them. And she was like, why Why are you smiling? You're not happy, you've lost your account. So we were doing all these different pictures. And um, so I ended up sending that off, didn't get anything back. And I started getting a little bit like, I'm never getting this back. And as you know, I started building up my other page a bit more then because it's, it's a hard struggle, you know, busy doing lots of work, but also trying to grow a following. And I was just about to launch some things. And it was probably a really bad time, you know. Instagram, whether we like it or not, is a very, very good marketing tool at the moment, it's free. Um, you know, and kind of, if you haven't got it, you kind of, you're out of it really. And, and and just for research and everything else. So I really needed it back, but I started to grow to the, the idea that I wasn't gonna get it back. And then a really good friend of mine who's verified, um, he um, reached out to somebody Uh, in senior management at Facebook and they sent me a message saying your friend's been in touch we'd like to help you and I was like my god like can't thank my friend enough but fair play to Facebook like I wasn't doing very well with the three weeks before with these generic messages but can you imagine how many people have problems I'm assuming there's thousands and thousands if not more report problems and I'm just another number in the middle of all those and it may be unfortunate some people probably still trying to get their account back today I'm sure of it and they're never gonna so fair play to my friend put me in touch I gave all the information I explained to them what happened and then I got an email back saying um, we're really sorry uh, it was a mistake our system disabled you Um, just a glitch please check you reactivated um, if you can get in and then we'll close the thread and I and, and I was back.
0: So the other account you mentioned was the engineered by Damon. Yes, which is your new company. Well, new. Seventeen new. months
1: old. Can you believe it? Yeah, yeah. It was it's crazy. Say, it's a year lives. and a half.
0: Yeah. So yeah. So I started building
1: that account, and then I actually obviously have my mid century account as well, which is right. Mad for mid. I was going to ask mid. you about that later. Yeah, kind of. But
0: like, what what kicked off engineered for or engineered by Damon? Excuse me.
1: So when remember when I came to the end of my time at Singer I was like what do I want to do do?" Mm -hmm.
0: Um,
1: I kind of have a lot of ideas I've done nearly 20 years in this industry now Um, I enjoyed cars still enjoy cars I always want to be involved with building cars and driving cars so it had to be something to do with engineering and driving cars on building them Mm so I created the idea where I wanted a business that would grow into something more maybe one day, a brand. And you know why I'm going with this, because you, you have your own brand. And there has to be an end game. And the end game is always like, I think I will create a brand, but I will start with what I'm good at. So if I'm good at you know, cars. M- cars and manufacturing, it makes sense to start in that world. But the car world and the watch world and the lifestyle world, they all overlap. And I'm, you know, lucky enough I'm in the right circles and I end up getting invited to some amazing events, got some amazing friends, amazing contacts. And I was like, I'm in a good position here where and I could do something that I enjoy and if it's monetized as well, isn't that the name of the game? You know, wake up every day, do what you want to do, not got told what to do because I've spent 20 years working for other people that have told me what to do and not always listened to what I wanted to do. And I kind of feel like I... Sometimes I've had to do things I didn't want to do, but I'm getting paid and I'll do it. So now I get to wake up every morning and go to every meeting I want to go to, ones I've manifested. I get to play with things I enjoy. I get to do exactly what I want to do. And yeah, it's hard work and I can't, you know this, but I can't quite explain just how hard work it is. I I, I do huge amounts of work. I'm two o'clock in the morning, you can always email me, I'll be awake, I'll be at the computer, I'll be working. It's hard work but the, the cogs have turned. The first two years really are the most difficult. It's really hard work, but I really feel like we're getting there. And weirdly, there, I feel, I seem to, I hate talking about myself in this way, and I, I am a very humble person, but people seem to enjoy what I'm doing. And I'm, I mean, if people listen to this, I you know I, I love hearing from people.
0: I think it's because it's authentic.
1: This exactly, so funny, so someone messaged me yesterday said, and. Uh, called Dan a friend of mine he sent me the same message last night where he said Damon you have got the best thing going in that you're authentic you're creating a brand that you're passionate about you're genuinely everything you put out you you can feel the passion in it and people will buy into that and so whether I like it or not I'm apparently inspirational
0: so that's great to hear And, and well yeah I mean that was a lesson that like I had to learn really the hard way you know, yes. for me, especially with Standard H, because I fell into what I've previously referred to as, uh, you basically fall into a black hole of chasing demand. Yes. You know, I a lot of people would compliment my logo early on. Yes. And so I started producing all this logo stuff. I don't like logos very much. Yes. I, I understand their importance. Yeah. I understand they have a place. Yes. And I will still make products with yeah. a logo on it, of yes. course. But I certainly went down this black hole of oh, you want logos? Well, I'll give you logos. So you were chasing
1: the demand of the but almost not doing what you really wanted to do yourself effectively.
0: A hundred percent. Yeah. And so about a year ago is when I was just like, I'm done here. Like yeah. I'm done with this. And that's why I sympathize. I, that's with why this. honestly, like I think a lot of people now who have been discovering standard age think I'm a podcast first. <laughs> yeah which is almost kind of frustrating because I'm like no I'm an apparel and no, accessory but, but, brand but, but, but
1: when I saw the uh, I, don't, I haven't followed them yet because you need to post some more stuff yeah. but the cycle page as well it's yeah like, the cycle you're, but, but you're really becoming a brand it, it's great that you're that's and, like a little capsule collection wow you're and this is why I, I always uh, have a good rapport with yourself because I know you get it mm. is that um, someone messaged me a year or maybe a year ago saying the thing I really like about you Dame, is you seem to do everything you enjoy and somehow whether you it looks like you monetize it, but you somehow manage to like you're into mid-century architecture, you're into cars, you're into watches, but you seem to be doing all those things every day, and you're creating a brand around everything you enjoy. And this exactly. is what you're doing: you're cycling, you 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 know you like clothes, you watches, you're doing all that. So it, it, if it all works out for us, and you know, let's hope it does. We we uh, we kind of created an enjoyable place to work, didn't we?
0: Well, in in addition to that, there's so much overlap. Yes. Yeah our passion for watches or our yes. passion for porsche yeah or just cars in general yes like coke needs pepsi yeah you know what i mean yeah. in order to exist and i've never been one who has tried to squander anybody
1: did you uh, did you see the burger king uh, the other day what they said no. So Burger King put a press release out in the, in the press release, you have to read it, I'll send it to you. In the press release, they mention McDonald's in a positive way at the end. And they basically say Burger King is amazing, etc, etc, and you should buy one. But also, McDonald's isn't bad as well. Right. And how nice is that? Because you're, you've got, to, it's like the, rest of the mod world. N- never belittle someone else in the industry. Help them all because you're all
0: the same. You're all the same industry. There's, there's a pot for every, or there's yeah. a lid for every pot, yeah. you know, first and foremost, and not to make like a dating comparison, but like, yes. just because otherwise you'd be in an open relationship. <laughs> like the thing is, is like, you can have a little bit of, it's like variety is the spice of life. Yes. Like you said, yeah. you know, like, you could buy your apparel here your yes. watch strap over there. Yeah, trying to be everything to everyone will just get you nowhere. Yes, you know if everybody's yeah. your customer, no one's your customer. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, totally. Though we will probably target people who enjoy black.
1: But yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing I have to worry: is that everything suddenly starts coming out black. Well, like, same here. I mean, it's the, like if you do a black and white only Instagram, there's people that like color. They won't. They won't bother with you. Right. So you have to be very careful. Here. But I do obviously like black. But, but the uh, yeah, that and then but then also going back to your original point, I don't create things and this is a weird thing to say in business, I don't create things thinking I'm gonna create this because I wanna sell loads of them. And, and in a business sense, with a business model, you should go, right, I'm not gonna do 50% of them, I'm gonna lose 50% of the market by only designing something for a man. I'm gonna do 100% of the market and design something unisex maybe. But for me, I'm a little bit weird in that and different in that I create what I wanna create. Like this Lego car, I didn't create it thinking, oh, if I did it a red one, I'll get more customers. If I did them in five colorways, I'll get more customers. I don't wanna do five colorways, I just wanna do a black one. Right. Project black brick, I like black, that's it gonna be it, yeah? And maybe I'll get less sales, maybe I won't. But I still put the same amount of effort into it. But I have kind of put effort into something I'm passionate about. So what
0: is it about black? I was going to postpone this to later in the conversation. But like, <laughs> like honestly, what what is the gravitation?
1: So black is just a color of all white. I mean, going back to that poem when I was young, black's always been there. But, you know, the little black dress, the LBD. The awesome. Remember, exactly, in the LBD, you know, the, the girls. You never really see a girl in a little black dress that doesn't look great. It's just classy. Uh, sophisticated there's everything but also in the morning the amount of time you can spend I mean I used to do it change my tie four times looking for just what I mean I really care like I say every day is an interview and and in the end I'd be late I'd miss trains I'd be late for work I, because I'd be like right if, but if you're all wardrobe you can see my if we leave if it's, it's all, all black Paisleys fault. yeah if it's exactly if it's all black it's really easy and and when I'm, it's not just 12 of the black same black T-shirts right. and 12 of the same black pairs of pants, you can still believe it. Or not, most people can't notice in a photo because it's black. But these things you do, like how you carry yourself, how you turn your trousers up, how the cut of your trousers, and and really you're 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 still. You're still in the fashion world, obviously some people, you wouldn't be the most desirable person to, uh, to be like a, you know, a brand ambassador for a brand because they'd be like, hey, I'm going to send you a, a yellow t-shirt, a red this, a blue that, that. No, just send me a black one. And black doesn't always look that great on photos. And you know, Ellen, when I met Ellen, her bio said all black. And I was like, how does that work? because obviously her profile was very dark and she went for a a dark time and the photos are very dark. But then later on in her life, obviously now she's posting yellows and oranges and all sorts because she has to. But for me, it's like, yeah, I have just gravitated to black and
0: I just like the color. Well, I think there's, I mean, there's a, a bunch of different like forks to this road that we could take. One being, you know, less is more. Mm. Right? but I think honestly when you strip di- strip it down and really it's I guess more a conversation of minimalism it is that you can genuinely if you're built like us and are a sucker for details yes when you strip away yeah. the distraction if yeah. you know the noise yes you start to notice the imperfections more.
1: Well, look at your T-shirt, what you told me, right? Right. It's a black T-shirt. We're all in black here, yeah? And it's a black T-shirt. Now, if it was a red one or a blue one, you could still do all the details you've done, but because you've stripped it back to being black, you're now getting really into the real inner detail here where you're putting these little details. And I've seen them and they're they're great. And, and, and and, and And I think that's the thing. And I think another part of it as well is when you turn up to a meeting, I'm just look boring, I'm all black. But I didn't go to the meeting to show off what I was wearing. I went right. to the meeting to tell you how I'm going to help your business and whatever else. It's what's coming out of my mouth, kind of thing. And don't be distracted by my, you know, flower Miami t-shirt, uh, you know, shirt, and yeah, totally. you know, my my pink shoes. It's like, hey, I'm just a, a boring looking guy, right. <laughs> which, which which hopefully isn't boring with what I tell you, kind of thing. You get well, me? It,
0: well, and I think it. That's why that sort of approach, that mentality, that aesthetic lends itself to architecture as well. Yes. Because the more you strip back yeah. from a building, yes, which is oftentimes why it's more expensive yeah. because the details are more noticeable. Yes. The lines have to be straighter. Yeah. You know, the, the joints have to come together cleaner. And I think that there's a lot of people that don't understand, like, cause we're both into architecture as well. It's like all that house looks just like a box. Like, mm. why, why is that a million dollars? Yes. Or, you know, $5 million.
1: Yeah. I mean, when I went to uh, the Wolf House, and then we saw those pictures of the Wolf House by John Lautner, probably my favourite architect. Yeah, and And, you know, so some of the thing, back in the day, well, we're not talking like 2020 here, we're talking like, you know, 50s, 60s, really, even before that. I think what he was doing, he was so ahead of his time, but you think yourself, you can... A lot of people complain about... Um, mid-century buildings now that they were horrifically built. I took to present-day architects all the time and they're like, Damon, this house is about to fall down. It looked great, but it was terribly designed, but not Lautner. But the thing was, you know, when I went to the Wolf House, Lautner, like he was an engineer as well, like he had a good team behind him. Like the pieces of glass in that building, I can't remember how tall they are now, but very tall pieces of glass. It was not the earthquake, wasn't the Northridge earthquake, nothing moved. Like that house had been there forever, right. and the glass was put in place and never moved. Like it, it was, he was an extraordinary person and, and designer and engineer. And and you're right, that's what you're paying for.
0: That's crazy. Well, you're into photography as well. What are you using
1: now? So, you the, got a new camera, right? There's a Hasselblad come in. So, um, but so I want to. I've gone as you can see. i am gone full full circle on vintage here like I, I like the the I like the vibe of, of what it brings um, my friends got one um, I like what it looks like I like the and I think it's about the it's like an event one of the things I to talk about the photos was that I, I, I always get um, I'm compelled to always taking pictures of the rear of cars and I'll tell you, I love close up so you'll always see a close up of a car most of the time you can't even work out what car it is probably a Porsche though and I and, and I love the, I see things that, that I find beautiful. And it's always mostly the rear. So most of the photos, I mean, I take photos of the front as well. But most of the rear of the car is my photo, where, you know, my go-to place. And it's always my joke is, did the designer just get bored by the time he got to the front of the car? Because if you look at many cars, the rear is the more beautiful end of the car. And this is how I'm developing myself, is I'm posting what I like now. Right. And if you like it, good for you. If you don't like it, I don't really care. Right. And and, and I'm just going to share my, this goes back to what I'm trying to create here, is I'm going to share with you my lifestyle, what I like, what I like doing. And if you like it, great. And if you don't, well, you'll like something different.
0: Let's talk watches for a second. Yes. You're wearing a black and gold GMT.
1: Yeah. Vintage. Yes. Rolex. Yeah. Struggling to get over, get over this one.
0: So why the black and gold is it because it's very art deco
1: yeah and and which is strange because i'm kind of like haven't quite got to the investigating art deco though i'm appreciative of it but um but look at the, if you look at from what you're seeing in here, yeah, there gold, seems to be an awful lot of black and, yeah. black and gold. Black and gold. look, and then you, you click my uh, my screen, and I'm like, they, you create things without even realizing them. Like it's not like I woke up one morning and went right but black and gold from this day on. Right. It's <laughs> like I didn't even think about it when I bought this this uh, NATO strap. Right. I just bought it because I liked it, and and then really it weirdly, pairs really well with it that does watch the, too. It does. And, and there's, I mean, this is 1979 and I'm, you know, I've, I'm about moving this on and I just can't do it. And I, I just like the fact that, you know, my sister's somebody who is very, very aesthetic, very, very high quality. She'll buy something like she actually, it's a good story. She bought an Apple mouse uh, a couple of years ago and uh, brand new. For her computer. For her computer. She opened the box and she said, there's a scratch on it. And I was like, Keely is a, my sister, I said I have got like Hawkeye when I do car audits I cannot see a scratch on that Apple mouse anywhere, right and if it hasn't got one now, I'll have one in there in a couple of weeks, from yourself she's like, I want it taken back so she likes new things, she would never buy an old car, I don't really know where that scratch happened here and that scratch happened there but I know that someone had a bloody good time of it and, and that's cool that there's a story with it and I've probably added my own scratches since but my sister would have Gone, I can't. I can't wear this thing. Get rid of it. Right. And and I'm like now I'm all right with it. And it's changed how I. I used to be very, very, uh, very uh, particular about things. And I was like her and I've developed in this way now, like I'm probably hanging around with Magnus too long as well. Like, yeah. you know, so, so me, I've definitely changed how I've looked by hanging around with the right people. I'm enjoying things more. I like the story, real big story fan these days. That's and amazing. and now I like, and I think because of this now, I've kind of become even more attached to this watch and it does always turn an eye as well in, in the how you, I mean, most people would maybe have a, you know, bracelet on this. And I'd braced it just doesn't really doesn't work for me on this watch, so yeah we're nato guys so so and there's very different NATOs out there you can play around with. I have been. I've been messing around with all sorts of like seatbelt materials and everything, trying oh, to, sure. trying to like you know try a different feel and, and mix it up.
0: and people are like, "Hey, you've got a new watch? No, I've got a new strap. That's the best thing about straps. Yeah. it totally changes the watch so so
1: I re- yeah, I mean, I really like this watch, but I am looking for um a walnut kind of burr kind of dial now on, a, on like a Day-Date kind of watch now, like something like that. Uh, something old again, maybe 70s. Gold? Yeah, that's what I'm looking for next.
0: That'd be really nice. I mean, a gold Day-Date. It doesn't oh, get more classic.
1: I always you. wanted to do um a, a vintage Day-Date gold, but I always mm. wanted to put a black uh, authentic um rolex leather strap on it sure with a you know gold clasp i always yeah. had that idea in my it was small you know it feels like smaller is getting more popular right it's going that way isn't it the small not not
0: you know 36 millimeter yeah what do you consider to be the biggest risk you've ever taken
1: biggest risk i've ever taken i've done a few actually and i think with risk comes great reward Mm-hmm. And what's the worst that could ever happen, I guess, is the is the way of looking at it. I mean, if you've got a little bit of money in the bank and it doesn't quite go right, you, you can fall back on your feet and, and go. You, you, if you've got a career, you can always go back to what you were doing. I always say that as well. You can always get a job. Right. So why, why not go for it? But the it's biggest, kind of like London. Yeah. I mean, You can always go back to London. I can always go back to London, yeah. Right. I mean, the risk really was moving from, you know, have this massive support from my parents and Actually, weirdly, got closer to them now, even though I'm five thousand miles away from them, and talk to them every day. But but moving from my parents when I was in my twenties down to London, and 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 then leaving it all behind, that was a big risk for me. Aston Martin was a big job, um, you know, it was safe. Um, that was that was probably my first big risk. But then it kind of gave me a bit more confidence that risk is worth it if 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 uh, it's calculated risk. So I wouldn't just go, oh, I'm going to try and make, going to go down there and pack my bags and go down there and hope it works out because people do do that. Yeah. But I'm like, no, I'm calculated risk. I'm very organized and planning is a big thing in my life where I'd be like, right, I'm going to go there. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. So it is calculated. And then obviously another one was leaving the country that you live in with an amazing health service. I didn't pay for anything. Um, my family. Leave all that behind and move to America. Right. On your own. Right. And, and that was a that's probably my biggest risk but you know I had friends here but I had no family here and it's hard, it's still hard work today and people forget that as well that you know I didn't just move to a different job in the country I lived in where I had a bank account I had um, my family my house my car I I no left, problem buying a I car. Exactly, <laughs> I basically left all of that behind yeah got rid of all of it moved to America started a new job got a new house had to find a, buy a new car an i3, and I had to start again in in my late 30s, and when most people were having kids, yeah. and that was a big risk, and I feel like it's paying off. It really feels like it now.
0: So yeah, that's but, awesome. And, and it, it could have gone both ways, I guess. Can we talk about Hot Wheels for a minute?
1: We can. So what
0: is it with these cars? Why is it literally the same old? Men don't grow up; we just get older. Yes. So,
1: so yeah, we, 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 um, yeah, we're always kids. And the thing with Hot Wheels was, and I've told you this story before. It's like a, ch- it's like a, a Charlie in the Chocolate Factory story for me. It's the gold ticket thing. So, you know, get the gold ticket, you get to go to the factory. It's what everyone wanted. Remember the film was amazing. And, and I'm like that. Like I almost weirdly get excited when I don't find a Porsche Hot Wheels. So I only buy Porsche Hot Wheels. A couple of people have given me some some non, non-Porsche non and I'm, I like presents, so I've kept them, but I only buy Porsches. And when you walk into, uh, you know, a Ralph's and you're confronted with a wall of like 200 different Hot Wheels to try and find a Porsche in there. I mean, I'm, I'm literally a fully grown man in his 40s on the bottom shelf of a Ralph's upside down trying to find a Porsche like 917 or something and people walk past me but they always stop and go oh I love Hot Wheels because everyone <laughs> everyone has a Hot Wheels story and it's great and you know th- and my story really was that you know I was in, from a world of matchbox my parents always bought me matchbox toys right. and Hot Wheels really is a big American thing isn't it and I had Hot Wheels so I've still got them in, in, in England but I was a, a matchbox guy so when I got here Not only did I start finding them on eBay, the old vintage ones, and again, buying a 1973 Hot Wheels. I mean, look at this one. I think that's a 74. Look at that one. Unboxed, so it has to live on the desk but that's probably my so favorite it's got the one it's gorgeous isn't it and look at that, black look at, number 90 yeah but look and but look how he- look, like all things look how heavy it is and yeah. old school and well made steel and steel is real yeah it's gorgeous so that that you know i buy the vintage the peterson museum always has some epic ones you know paying 15 dollars for a, a one dollar hot wheels but i'll show you them after a podcast but you'll you'll like the collection but yeah, and anything that I buy by accident as a duplicate or gets taken out of the box. i have to take a photo of this. Yeah, and ends up in, uh, ends up on the desk. So
0: this, they're all over the place. Oh
1: man, it's great. So yeah, so for me, it's the hunt. I mean, you know, everyone loves the chase. My so, wife
0: gets so mad at me when I stop in the grocery store. Yes. She's like, no, you don't need another one.
1: Yeah, that's it. And you'll still be there. But they can go shopping. They'll do the whole shop and come she's, back and you'll still she's be there.
0: four or five aisles down yeah. by the time she really don't you, ever,
1: don't you ever see something, though, that's interesting? You think, oh, I need to? Get, I, I should buy it, really, but I can't because I, I have got you my own. You know allegiance. what I do in those scenarios? I buy them, oh, you do but I
0: give them to friends.
1: Oh, so you've still got it.
0: So I'll find, like, an old Datsun. Yeah. And I'll say, it's not me. But I know my friend Julian loves them. Yes. So I'll give it to Julian. Yes.
1: (laughs) I saw, um, I think it was an XJ220 the other day, and I didn't buy it. And I was like, ah. And I saw, uh, I saw like, uh, I can't remember, probably it was a Datsun as well. And I was like, oh God, I should buy it. But I didn't buy them. (laughs) I I stayed strong.
0: (laughs) So your daily driver is a Macan, right? Yes. GTS? Yeah. Why did you choose the Macan?
1: So a car that I've always liked but always kind of thought like you know people jokingly said oh Damon, you're gonna have a kid you're gonna get a dog <laughs> and I'm like well actually no like it's a you know it it's a, you know it's got a, a Carrera engine in it it sounds amazing I I always had this uh, um, debate whether you should buy a turbo or a GTS I do like the turbo but we like black the GTS comes with all the black bits it's all. You know, if you compare a price of a turbo to a, a GTS, GTS gives it away a lot of it for free, whilst the turbo is optional extras. Um, and I like black, of course, and I just like the look of the G. I don't really like the new Macan, um, okay, it's overall it looks a similar car. I don't like the rear lights, I know it's the way it's going with the 992 and everything else, like you know, the, the models all have to look, um, you know, cohesive, yeah, yeah. and I don't. I don't like it that much, I mean, don't dislike it, but I do really like the look of the, the 95B Macan, which I've got. You know, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a quick car. You put sport mode on, I mean, cold start sets all the car alarms off in the road. It's, uh, you know, wakes everybody up. And I like to grumble, I love the car, like, but um, if you just want to come out of a, a, a hard day, turn sport mode off and just drive home in comfort. We've got heated seats, also all, all the mod cons of everything. Uh, I just think it's uh, the one of the best all-rounders that there is out there. And you know, now I have my business. I'm delivering parts around and picking Lego up and picking, you know, all sorts of stuff up. You know, pieces of fenders and everything. You right. can't, yeah, you can't drive around a GT4 and and, uh, and and you know, collect a front carbon fender. So, so, so for me, it's a, it really is an all-rounder for me. And, and you know, we had some great trips and some great memories and some stone chips as well.
0: Yeah, exactly. So let's talk about long showers before we wrap this up.
1: Yes, the long showers. Um, I met someone the other day actually that had. I didn't tell him this story, and whether he's heard it before from someone else, probably not. I he's like me, so he told me he has he has a he takes a note. He's got a waterproof notepad and a pen he takes into the shower and I was like, God, this guy's even more than me. So I take it. I was it. like, I need to know so I, what brand Yeah, <laughs> I, I need one of those. So I take a notepad and a pen in and we've obviously always got our iPhone on us if we need to, because you know, I used to wake up in the middle of the night and think if, if I wake up in the morning and I don't remember this, so we have to make a note and it's logged. So I had a notepad at the side of the bed and notepad in the bathroom, but he was he was writing in waterproof pens in, in, in here and I thought, well, this guy, I, we can be friends. and. There's long showers, there's something about flowing water. I can come I mean, maybe if a writer could even use this kind of mentality, I would get in the shower and I'd have like a roadblock on something, just could not think about what I was doing. And, and i get in the shower and the water, the running water, well, it's warm in there, it's a nice place to be, a hot shower. That I'd be in there for until it was cold. And, and the mar- I'd come out, right, right, let's go. And I knew exactly what I was doing every day. And, and this was a good, a good um, test to see how interested I was in things. So if I have a shower and I've got nothing to think about, I need more to think about. And if I'm in the shower and I need a, re- and the, the water starts going cold enough, I've basically, I've been there too long, I'm busy. And, you know, I have cold showers now that started hot. Like, I have so much to think about, so much on my mind. It's exciting times. And it, the long showers just really help me. And it's the same when, you, when you're at the, um, the beach and, and the water coming in and out that feeling of water it's quite, it, the, It's the movement it's really yeah you feel Sound. it's flowing water flowing ideas and I, I can't really explain it and people maybe get in the shower next time and go oh yeah because when you're in the shower what are you really doing you're having a sh- you're washing and whatever else right. you you kind of no one can talk to you really you can't go on your phone so well, it, it a kind lot of, of
0: people surf for comfort yes and to get their mind off of things can, and one philosophy is that it it, being submerged in water in general, yes. be it in a pool, the ocean. Yes. It all transports you back to the comforts of being in the womb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard this. Which maybe this is a yes. little deep. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. But that's apparently where a lot of that comfort stems from. Yes. Which I just think is really interesting to think about. Yeah.
1: It works for me. Yeah. Yeah. So I keep doing it. Yeah. I mean, maybe my office should be in the shower.
0: <laughs> well, Damon, man, this has been a blast. I really, really appreciate you taking the time. Nice. No, long all... overdue. Yeah, <laughs> Thank you
1: so much. It's been great cool, to man. chat.
0: Well, what else do you want to promote? Anything?
1: I mean, the... I mean, I've done a fair bit of promoting, but yeah, you know, my little my little project, Black Brick. I'll mention something, you know, we, the Lego car I right, we did with with, uh, with Lee Shulls, Um
0: So you can get that through your website.
1: Yeah, so it'll be going up very soon onto the What's website. What's the URL for your site? Um, just www.engineeredbydamon.com. Cool. So on there, there'll be a store, and not only will that Lego car be on there. So this is one last thing I'll tell you about. I I kind of uh, advertised the other day that I'd start putting things on my website that that I like 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 the lifestyle blog I'll write about them if I like them so I like this product if you want to do a collaboration but when I said collaboration I was like I'm just putting someone's product on my website and maybe taking a commission or whatever actually that's not as exciting as actually collaborating with someone right exactly so i then started reaching out to some people i really really like in the industry close friends and you know famous in their fields and said hey i don't know if you like what i'm doing but would you consider a collaboration and oh my god the outcome from these conversations was like we have some really cool stuff which i'll tell you off uh when the podcast is finished but but I'm really really excited so if I could then I mean collaborations is the way isn't it you're working with somebody you're creating something Uh, it's 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 the fun process right rather than just putting someone's product on your website what's the fun in that yeah sure so 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 yeah so keep an eye on that page there's going to be some cool stuff coming not loads of cool. take these things take time like you know people think like a lego car oh I just Two hundred blocks into a box and sent it me, and there was a lot more to it than that. And, and you know, and, and there'll be more come out on that. And me and Lee have worked hard and tirelessly for for a couple of months on this, you know, to deliver instructions and you know stickers with my name on. And it's been a blast, and but it's it's a lot of hard work, and you you can't do twenty
0: five collaborations every week. Right. Exactly. It's funny you're talking about the lead time, to, yeah, to get things done. I mean, this shirt that I'm wearing right now is. My fourth fit sample, and between fabric, yeah. sourcing, cotton, all the rest but of this people, stuff.
1: But this is why you need to tell the story about it. So it this takes is, over a so, year. So this is what my advice is, and then I'm going to do the same. So I'm going to do a blog on, on Project Brick, and I'm going to go, not I'm just going to go the, the, the front face, this is what it is, this is the advert. Right. I'm going to go full on uh, integrate into exactly how this came about. Right. and how hard it was. Um, and, and during COVID. If, yeah, exactly. And if you were to read that, and you'd be like, oh my God, I want one. Right. You can buy a Lego kit like that green one there for $15. Right. Lego has a huge team, huge resource. Millions of units. There's nothing, the millions of units, so they can sell it for that. They have, everything's there. There's nothing really that interesting about that car. It's just, just you put it together. This has painted parts on it, hand bespoke parts. You can't buy that anywhere. You can buy that Lego anywhere. All over the world, you can only buy this at the moment from my website, right. so it has to be a premium, but sure. not a premium that everyone goes forget it because right. not everyone's going to understand the journey I went on with this. Yeah. They're going to go, I'm paying that for that. Mm-hmm. But people that know, and I think that's why I think the blog will help. Um, will the start the story will explain, you know, just where we went with this.
0: Yeah, it's kind of interesting. So this watch box idea I've had for the idea is it why
1: what keeps the watch wound up
0: no 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 it's it's literally for, for transit like it's it's for storage and transit yes and it holds eight watches oh nice so if you have a small collection yeah. you can house the entire collection yeah if you have a large collection yeah a lot of those types of people like to go to meetups and the right stuff. best ones yeah so you want to take your eight favorites yeah. not the whole always, garage yeah, if you will yeah um so the box concept came to me like two years ago yeah and i've been sourcing sounds like a good idea different boxes i've been sourcing different interiors i've been sourcing different logos yeah how to do the logo do, yes do i metal stamp it see
1: to so think even just that one product i mean the other thing oh, I, the r&d costs but but the other thing i thought was you know if you're a company that's going to deliver a, a book one book that's all you're going to do right that's a lot of work to live on one book. Yeah. Printers, everything else, yeah? And retail, set up as well. It's funny, the
0: last podcast was with an author. It right? was,
1: but, yeah. but imagine what we're gonna try and do. You're doing, and the, my, my thing was I, I'm a, a decent plate spinner, but what I've decided now is, I mean, I'll show you something. I've got a spreadsheet on my computer, which is like a hundred things long of everything I need to do. I've started, obviously you've gotta keep some of them going because you can't just ring them up in a year and go, I need this. Right. So you've gotta keep them on plate spin But you've really got to focus your efforts on two or three things, maybe even two, because you can't. One person can't deliver three things all at the same time. Really, they can. It's a lot. Did you
0: build your website, or is somebody else doing it? uh,
1: Someone built the website for me um, initially, but then I looked at it and thought to myself, "And this is a funny story. I do not have time to learn how to do Webflow websites. However, I want the ability to every day because if I'm doing a blog." Right, yeah. or, I'm doing, or I'm doing a store, if I want to add another print in there, I'd, I want not be able to do it. So I was like, right, let's do it. So yesterday, interestingly, I got as far as I could. So I built everything out from phase two is by myself. I'm not a website designer. I build cars and stuff and Lego right. cars. But but now I feel like, do you know what? Like those quotes you were giving me for, for that website, I'm glad I didn't pay. If I go on there and think, oh, I've got to ring someone up and pay him $200 to change three sentences. I might as well do yeah. Or pay him yeah. a subscription each month. I'll just do it when I want. I'm in full control then. Right, right. So that's it.
0: Damon, this has been a ton of fun, man. Thank you so much. It's been a blast, yeah. Cool. Part two. All right. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> stay tuned. Yeah. See All man. right, cheers. It's always great to see Damon, so I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. His energy and enthusiasm is absolutely contagious, so I'm certainly looking forward to getting together with him again soon. I would definitely keep tabs on him, especially with regards to his new company, Engineered by Damon. Thank you so much for listening, and as always, thanks to Clear Audio for supplying the headphones, as well as to Jensen Reed and Super Beautiful for providing the theme music. I'll catch you in another two weeks' time. Thanks so much, and take care of yourselves.